0: So we say in recovery, this, this saying, keep coming back because it works if you work it. But what does that really mean? What does it mean to keep coming back? And why is that so critical to our ongoing growth and recovery? Well, today, we're going to talk about keep coming back and its value with a brother of mine. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom all centered around the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. And the Celebrate Recovery Principles where Jesus helps us uh, find tools and resources to run to him so that we can face our hurts, our hangups and habits, and even our relational struggles so that we can walk in the newness of life to deal with those things that make his heart sad so that we can live out the purpose that he died on the cross for us to experience in our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director of Celebrate Recovery, and it's so good to be with you today. Uh, Thanks, as always, for how you're sharing this podcast, uh, getting some good feedback from you. I love the ideas that are rolling in of of recovery topics, podcast ideas. Keep those coming in. Just email me, roholmstrom at fellowshipnwa.org and you can find me on celebraterecovery.com as well if you need my email there but hey i'm excited about today's episode uh, we're actually um, uh, doing a conference here at my local celebrate recovery and and so i've got uh, a dear friend and a brother in christ consider a mentor uh, mac owens uh, here with me and we decided to uh, take advantage of that and uh, record a podcast so uh, mac so glad to have you here, man. Hey, Rodney, good to be here with you today. I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and it was my struggles with drugs and alcohol that brought me here. My name is Mac. Yeah, so glad to have you, man. So, so we were kind of, what do we talk about today? And, and this thought has kind of been ringing in your head. Um, why do we say, keep coming back? And what's just right out of the gate? What, how does that hit you? Why, why do we, in your, in your uh, mind, why do we say that, man?
1: Well, I'll just tell you, for me, those were the um, three most important words I ever heard in my recovery. Mm. And they weren't at a recovery meeting, actually, first. Uh, I came to a church. uh, I had nowhere else to go. I came to them, told them I was a drug addict. I I needed help. And instead of them saying, you don't belong here, what they said was, keep coming back. Mm. And that, to me, spoke volumes of life, first of all, that somebody, especially a group of people that I considered probably had everything all together in their lives, they said keep coming back and that just spoke volumes of life into me, that they would actually want me around.
0: Yeah. So so yeah, knowing a little bit of your story, and it might be good give it can you just give us kind of a quick synopsis? What 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 was happening in Mac's life that that became a very meaningful thing, even more meaningful that the people would want me around because understanding your story a little bit might help that context. Yeah,
1: yeah I'd be glad to share that. Well, um, the fact is that uh, at this point in my life, I was an IV drug user using methamphetamines. First of all, I said I would never use needles, you know, as, even as drug addicts, we have this line we say, we'll never cross until we get there. And then usually we end up crossing it. And that's what I did. And so I, I was really absent from my family. My wife was still there, Mary. Uh, we're still married 47 years later. Um, but she was praying Romans eight twenty-eight, And she kept believing that God was going to work out something more than she could ask or imagine. And she prayed that prayer for seven years. And I think about... In many of our lives today, if we go through something for a couple weeks or a couple months or a year, we're like, all right, I've had enough. I mean, God, are you going to answer this prayer or not? Well, Mary kept praying that same prayer for seven years that God would do something in my life to change my life. Mm -hmm. Well, one Sunday morning after I'd been awake for a week, Let that sink in a minute. I hadn't (laughs) slept in a week. I came in on a Sunday morning just to go to bed because I knew that the family, Mary and the girls, would be going to church. Mm. Well, my youngest daughter came and stood beside the bed, and real quickly, she just said, how come Daddy doesn't do anything with us anymore? How come he's not going to church with us? Mm. And I pretended to be asleep, but I heard every word she said. And God used that little girl that morning to break my heart. And when they left the house, I immediately started cleaning up everything that I had, drugs, paraphernalia, everything, went outside and burned everything that had to do with that lifestyle because for some reason I knew things had to change and I wanted them to change in that mm. moment. So Mary got home, I shared with her, you know, what I'd been doing. She asked if I'd talked to the pastor at our church. At, and at that time I said yes, because this pastor had been coming to my cabinet shop and asking me to build things for him, even though they were things later I found out he didn't even need. He was just trying to build a relationship with me. And so I said, yeah, I'll talk to him. His name was Ray. Ray came over, and he's you know asked me if I'd come to church that night. I said, yeah, I just need some relief. Well, he said, you don't have to tell everybody what you've been doing, but if you did, you might help somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, help somebody else? Man, I just need help myself. So I got to church that night, totally expected them to say, don't come back here. We don't, we, your kind doesn't belong here, but that's not what they said. They mm. said those three words, we want you to keep coming back. And wow. so it was in that moment that I saw a group of people who I thought had it all together were telling me somebody that had nothing together. Hmm. That, that we want you to be around. I, and, and the part I tell in my story all the time, too, that people sort of chuckle about, but it was true. There was a little lady there that told me I need to go to AA. And I said, is that like a car club? And she goes, no, that's AAA. You need AA Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> and so that's where I started my recovery with that church. But they sent me to AA, and that's where I found my sponsor. Who, By the way, I still have the same sponsor Today, and he would say the same things to me keep coming back, Mac. Keep coming. And here's the neat thing about that is even to the meetings that I didn't want to go to in other words, I just had too much going on that day or that week or whatever. He would say, Keep coming back. And if you don't want to, bring your butt, and your head will finally catch up. (laughs) Yes. And he's right. As long as I put my posterior where it needed to be in a place where people wanted
0: me to be, yeah, all of a sudden my life started getting better. And even where you didn't even realize you needed to be, even though you didn't want to, it's where you ultimately needed to be, right? Right, right. Yeah, I love that. I love that aspect of, you know, you might help somebody else too. I think that's probably one of the most undervalued parts of the keep coming back is it does help us, but our organizing our own pain in our journey actually brings benefit to that person that may even be hours behind us in our recovery, (laughs) even minutes behind us, our presence there and our willingness to share in our journey does bring value to that person walking the door. Right.
1: That's right. You know, and to, to fast forward that a little bit, once you've been going to recovery a while, say you've got several years behind you. Now I know me and Rodney both have a lot of 24 hour days behind us now. But we still keep going to meetings because of that one person that might show up and say, wow, they've been doing this a long time and they're still going to meetings. I wonder why then it's so important for me to go to a meeting or I, I see now why it's important for me to go to me. If they're still going to meetings, they're not well yet. It mm. must be important for me, too.
0: Yeah. I love that. So you were talking earlier about Philippians 1-6. Kind of, you know, it's a very familiar passage to many of us, but tell me how that one resonates with this idea of keep coming back.
1: Yeah, I love that passage. And it's one of the, I tell people at our Celebrate Recovery all the time. If you come to a meeting where I'm teaching, I'll probably make a reference to that, that passage. And, And it's like you said, it's one a lot of us know. But if you don't, it says this. Being confident of this, this is Paul talking to the Philippians, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And I love the next part because he gives us the completion date. Mm. And that is the completion date when Jesus Christ comes back. And so last time I checked, Jesus is not back. (laughs) So that means that all of us, that means senior pastors on down have got something to work on in our lives. And so... When we think about, okay, I tell people this all the time too, if you are following somebody who by words or deeds seems like they've got it all together, in other words, they have arrived, I got a couple words for it, for it you, run from them mm. because it's not biblically accurate. You know, Jesus said there's, here's what he knew. <laughs> he knew that as humans, we would compile a list of things we needed to do to be right with him and once we checked all those things off we'll finally say okay we've arrived we've done all the things but he said no through Paul he said you'll never arrive there'll always be something you need to work on so keep keep coming back it's very biblical
0: yeah well and and we've talked about that I've heard you talk about this this uh, sanctification, you know, and, and recovery and just understanding as believers, what, how does that apply to us? Sometimes we, we don't like to admit we're all in recovery, but we all really are. Yeah. Um, kind of talk about that. Just the connection with sanctification through that lens you were just
1: talking about. Well, yeah, about. we, um, uh, a lot of times as believers, the more the longer we've been here, the more Bible words we like to use, right? And (laughs) recovery is not really that Bible word that you just find in there, but actually it is because sanctification means this, getting closer to God, getting more like God one moment at a time, one step at a time, one day at a time. So it means walking in more of a relationship with Jesus, a deeper relationship with Jesus. So to me, that is recovery. You know, mm-hmm. the more I come back, the more I learn. My sponsor told me a long time ago, he said, Mac, when you go to a meeting and you don't want to go, he said, just go with this mindset. You're going to get one thing out of that meeting. Now, that mm-hmm. might be one word, one sentence, one paragraph, whatever it is. He said, you go for the one, and it was the one Meaning out of that meeting. And so sometimes I would just come out with a word, think. Yeah. I'll never forget going to a meeting where I I walked in and I saw the words think, think, think on a sign. And I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm like, you idiot. It means think. Use (laughs) your your word. Yeah. (laughs) Use your brain. And so that was my word for the night. Well, my sponsor would ask me, what'd you get out of that meeting? And I said, think, think, think. And he said, Good for you. I've been trying to get you to use your mind for a while now. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Well, and that's good. I mean, you are know, you're, you're getting your rear end there. Your heart will follow. But while your rear end is there, just being open and curious about maybe maybe God will try to – he's trying to tell you something. Will I be aware of catching that, that nugget? Yeah. Yeah, so that's an important thing, you know. And I've you know, I've been doing this eighteen years with Celebrate Recovery. I've yet to go to a meeting where I don't get something. It may be All through right. a testimony. Go, oh man, I think I struggle with that. I didn't even think about that. The way they articulated that, you were you were talking about just how a testimony blessed you in and how it made you think recently and, and just those conversations like Oh man, this this is. Um, there's nothing. Uh, you and I were talking about this the other day. There's nothing that we can't present to God. Nothing's off the table. Nothing's right? Nothing's off the table, right? And and just and you've been in recovery a long time, and just that kind of how it hit you. You know, being at that meeting and hearing that nugget Ooh. is like, oh wow, what a great a reminder. It's not like you've never heard that before. But it's like reading the word of God. I've read that, you know, a million times, but today it hit me this way.
1: Right. And, and that woman actually had nothing in common with me as far as her struggles. Hmm. But in her testimony, when she said that, I she said, I have learned to be holy, not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-Y, holy honest with my husband for the first time in our marriage relationship and nothing is off the table when i talk to god and i that when she said that i was like wow (laughs) holy honest that i can be totally honest today and those are the things i learned because i keep coming back i'll never forget uh there was a lady that that gave her testimony one time and she was in charge of the um uh, it wasn't an a overeaters group, it was a body image group, mm-hmm. which encompassed overeating and not eating right and a bunch of different things. And she gave her testimony. Actually, I was the one, I was a ministry leader then, so I was in charge of reading and editing her testimony. And when she came to me, I was I was really a little skeptical, and that was shame on me, because everybody's story I can learn from. But I, I wasn't, hadn't been a ministry leader that long, and I thought... How is, her gonna, how is her story going to impact the bulk of the people here? Because not very many people struggle with that one issue. Well, when she gave her testimony... She had the whole crowd in tears, and that night I went to the chemical Dependence men's chemical dependent, went in there, and you got all these big old boys just, you know, recovering drug addicts, and they're all weeping as they share her stories just like ours. She just used something else to cover up her problems of life, and I thought, wow, how cool is that? When we keep coming back, we start seeing that people's problems are are not that different. Wow!
0: Yeah, we all we have a similar thread in all of our lives, right? I love that. Well, I want to take a quick break here, Mac. When we come back, I'd love to kind of lean into kind of the difference between recovery versus sobriety and how that keep coming back kind of plays into those two definitions. So, uh, talking with Mac Owen, the global director of Celebrate Recovery. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Be right back. Hey friends, if you're looking for another online meeting, maybe you need an additional one to your in-person meeting and you just need uh, more connection. We've got great online meetings happening every single Wednesday at noon Pacific time. All you got to do is go to celebraterecovery.com and you can find the link and join people from all over the globe, 12 noon Pacific. Join us every Wednesday for an online open share. We hope that you'll join us this week, celebraterecovery.com for more information. Welcome back. Talking with Mac Owen, the global director of Celebrate Recovery. And Mac, right before we went to break, we were talking about uh, just how our stories are just, there's this thread kind of weaving through. I'd love to kind of turn the corner and talk about, uh, we talk about this often, but. The difference between recovery and sobriety, and holistically, you and I have been talking about this with Johnny, just we have so many people coming, and one in three people are coming to celebrate recovery with addiction, so that means there's two-thirds that don't have addiction, so to speak in sobriety language anyway as a whole doesn't really attune with most of our population. But the recovery language attunes with all of us, doesn't it? Uh, What's the difference between recovery and sobriety? And kind of let's unpack that.
1: Uh, You know, um, I'll just be honest. When I first got here, I got in recovery and I found sobriety over drugs and alcohol. And I just thought that the 12 steps would be a good avenue to discipleship for any believer. And that if you had a problem in any area of your life that you just need to stop it. Mm -hmm. You know, just like I could stop drinking. Uh, If you're a codependent, you need to stop it. You know, if you're getting angry, you need to stop it. You know, and I kept, that was just my my mindset. And then I got to thinking about those things. And fortunately, I have a, the most wonderful wife in the world who is, or struggled with codependency. Actually, some days I asked her if she'd step back into it because it, it, it was pretty convenient. nice. She was taking care of me pretty good back. Now she still does, but but she's not codependent about her actions anymore. But was it possible for her to have sobriety in codependency? Mm. And the more we got to looking at that, it was it was virtually impossible because even though I say I am the most non-codependent person you'll ever meat i find myself from time to time slipping into codependency too you know because i don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or you know uh, i don't want to be brutally honest and so uh, so we got to look at that and we thought that really for her recovery was more of a right definition in other words sanctification she was getting better in her recovery of codependency a little bit every day or every time she uh, thought about being codependent and so as i looked at that and all of us on the national team have really been exploring this and we're continuing to and we're going to come out with some podcast on that mm-hmm. uh, i'm looking forward to what johnny comes up with that when he does something on recovery versus sobriety yeah uh, but but really all of us in recovery that's a more accurate term even in my sobriety over drugs and alcohol because drugs and alcohol were a problem. Now I would say they were not my main problem. My mm-hmm. wife will say they were a pretty big problem. <laughs> uh but I I would say they were a solution to my problem. And so even though I found sobriety over drugs and alcohol, I had this myriad of other shortcomings uh in my life, um things that I wasn't doing the best of my ability. All those Things like anger, for instance, you know, that was a manifestation of not drinking and drugging anymore. I was a happy drunk. When I got sober, I got angry all of a sudden. My, like, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, it was a, one of the shortcomings that I had to deal with in my life. And so once I started working on that and saw, you know what? I don't have to get angry about things. Now, I, I can get angry, but I don't have to react. I can stop, think, and act, which mm-hmm. is important. Remember, if, when you get angry, don't react, stop, think, and then act in the appropriate way, wow, now all of a sudden my recovery is coming more full circle because I'm dealing with all those things in my life that up to this point had just been a side effect mm-hmm. of my addiction, but were also affecting other people. Just think about it. Okay, I don't drug and drink anymore, but I get angry seemingly for no reason to the person I get angry. How does that affect them? Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden my recovery now, when I understand how I've affected them, now I don't feel good. So my recovery, yeah, I'm sober over yeah. drugs and alcohol, but my recovery is not where it should be. So recovery is more of the whole person getting well mm-hmm. instead of just tackling one issue. Mm,
0: yeah, it's it feels like a difference between addressing the true wound than just putting a bandaid on it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Big, big difference. Right. So, so Mac, we talk about this and I know, you know, on a previous podcast, we talked about this, but I think it's worth repeating. Um, when we talk about 90 meetings in 90 days, I know Mm -hmm. that was a big part of your story. What, what is the, I mean, does it just because what, what's the point of 90 meetings in 90 days? and, and, just for a listener that may be kind of early in this process, and maybe they've heard that from a new sponsor, accountability partner, a leader, what is the value and why should I consider stepping into that as, as a discipline?
1: Sure. And I love that, that whole idea because first of all, Unless you're going to a a secular meeting along with your Celebrate Recovery, in other words, AANA or any of the other alphabet groups, if you're going to one of those, you've probably heard 90 meetings in 90 days. In Celebrate Recovery, you might not hear that because there might not be a Celebrate Recovery meeting every night of the week. right? But you know what? You can substitute different meetings for that. In other words... Being a person that was struggling with drugs and alcohol, I went to every AA meeting I could find, but I also went to church Sunday morning. Mm. That was one of my meetings. I went to church Sunday night. I, I found a men's Bible study one hour in the morning, early in the morning. That was another one of my, my meetings. In other words, I was making any meetings that I could where other people were not doing what I used to do. And in my case, it was drinking or drugging, and they were pointing me in a better way of life. Mm. And so don't get hung up in just saying that I have to be at a recovery meeting, be at some kind of meeting where people are pointing you in the right direction. And, and, and when you think of that, the importance of that is this. Whatever your addiction was, you were probably doing it every day, multiple times a day. Mm. So I need to replace that. It's the whole Matthew 12 uh, where mm. Jesus Jesus says "There's a, there's a man that has an evil spirit. That evil spirit leaves the man. It says it goes through arid places, can't find rest, comes back to the house where he left, and he finds it swept clean and put in order. Hmm. Then it comes back with seven more spirits, more evil than itself, and they take up resident in that man. Well, I, I got to thinking about that. When it says his house was swept clean and put in order, There was nothing that replaced Mm. all the things he'd been doing. It was just a clean house. So it was open house for all these spirits. And I told my sponsor a long time ago, I said, whatever those seven were, I had one that was bad enough. I didn't need seven more (laughs) that were were worse than that one. But here's the line that, that gets me on that. It says, the final condition of that man was worse than at the first so even though his house was swept clean and put in order, now he's worse off than he was because he didn't refill it. So go to those meetings, 90 meetings in 90 days. Look, I went to about 140 140- Meetings in ninety days, and I was proud of that until I found another guy that went over two hundred. And I just looked at him. I said, "Well, some people are sicker than others, I guess." (laughs) But but I was pretty sick, so one (laughs) hundred and forty meetings to me, I'm an overachiever. When they said ninety meetings, I said, "Oh, I'm going to do that and more," and I did because I saw the value in putting myself around other like minded people who were getting one better one day at a time.
0: Yeah, I love I love that you the function is a meeting, and I love that you're kind of helping us. This is good for our listeners to hear this that that the form um, may look different. Maybe the form is not a true, you know, a sign on the outside of the building that says recovery meeting, but a church meeting, a Bible study. All that is a part of. I mean, the root of that, the the function or the form. Uh, that feeds into that function of a meeting is connection with other people right just but the way you do that is just trying to get over like-minded people and that are on a journey to to grow and mature in Christ mm-hmm. Um and, and sometimes that is a Bible study. Sometimes we may need to go to traditional meetings even today for are part of Celebrate Recovery, you may need to go to an AA or NA or whatever, right? Right. Um, we do what we got to do to get those in, but, but I love how you kind of expanded the definition of what a meeting is. That's so important.
1: Yeah. And, and when you think about it, um, if I send somebody to a secular meeting, in other words, a AA or NA or whatever, Uh, I'm sending them there to learn how not to drink. And let's face it, or not to drug. uh, Let's face it, Alcoholics Anonymous has helped helped get more people sober than any other organization in the world. So it's not a bad thing. Now, here's what I do. If I send somebody to an AA meeting, I make sure it's a good meeting. In other words, a meeting that doesn't, isn't anti-God, and there are plenty of those out there. Now, there are some that say, you can't say God here. Yeah, But what I remind them of is, too, because I have enough knowledge of the big book, because that's where I started. On page 87, it says, be quick to see where religious people are right and make use of what they have to offer. So even when you go to a secular meeting, they're looking to God for answers, too. And so I I need not to forget that. And if I want somebody to get sober and there's not enough Celebrate Recovery meetings, you better believe I'm going to send them to one of those meetings. Or, like I said, the Bible studies and Sunday morning church, Wednesday, whenever you can find a door open, that'll have
0: you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, we just got to get around people because I was talking about this at our local Celebrate Recovery recently. You know, we all none of us are immune to the enemy's job description right it is he he, his whole mission is to steal kill and destroy and how does he do that through deception Mm. and lies and so the lies that he feeds us it could be five minutes out of after we roll out of bed or it could be five hours we're we're going to experience lies and hear lies which can lead to temptation it's, that's not where we've sinned. It's what we do with that. And that's why the value of having others in our life in those meetings that you're talking about, those like-minded people that are trying to grow, mature, and find Christ and have that relationship with the Lord is to combat the lies that the enemy's trying to throw at us. That's that's
1: so true. And I, I tell people, a matter of fact, in our training tomorrow at the conference here at your church, yep. uh, I'm gonna be talking just a little bit about temptation is not a sin. Mm. Temptation is a call to battle. Yeah. When we're tempted, he says, you better have your armor on and get in the battle, son. And so, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't ever confuse temptation with, oh, I've just sinned. Nope. It means you better suit up and have your armor on and get ready to fight.
0: Well, and the armor it's so, it's so good. And it hit me Mac, you know, it should have, it should have hit me a long time ago, but when Jesus is in the desert, right? And we talk about this in the celibate recovery curriculum, but He's forty days in the desert. The enemy is trying to hit him with all kinds of temptation, right? But you know, if you're hungry, turn those stones to bread. You know, jump off this and save yourself. Boy, that's a (laughs) lie, right? But the third one was interesting because he he says, you know, you could have all of this, and it hit me the other day. Was I was reading that passage? What a what a accurate depiction of lust, right? It's like this very thing that's in front of you which lust at its very core is i'm going to consume and devour what's in front of me and the enemy's saying you can have all of this he's trying to feed the lust hey don't you want all? just take it you can have all of that and every single time what does jesus do he goes back you know going into battle he's going back to the word of god And he's saying, "No, God's word says you can't live on bread alone. Right? It's wrong uh, to tempt, you know, tempt the Lord. You know, all of these things um, I do to I praise Jesus, and Jesus alone get behind me, Satan, so to speak. I love that that becomes the weapon in the battle that you're talking about, right? To go again, go to war with him,
1: right? Because it says His word is the sword of truth, right? I mean, so yeah, if I don't have that a uh, tool or that weapon in my arsenal, I've already <laughs> probably lost the battle. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Mac, as we're wrapping up here, man, what what would you say to somebody that maybe is still, maybe they're believing the lies uh, that the enemy, the deceiver whose job description is to try to tear us down and, and feed us with deception to get us away from God and, and healthy connection with others. What would you say to them uh, through that lens of keep coming back to get them to maybe take that first step or maybe they're in it and it just feels hard and kind of, why am I doing this? What's the point? What would you say to give them encouragement to keep coming back in the recovery?
1: Yeah. For the person that's just trying to decide whether they need to go to a meeting or not, I would just say, what do you got to lose? I mean, you're sitting there, you're thinking I need something. Life is not going great. What have you got to lose? Show up. Yeah. You know, and to the person who's gone for a few meetings, just he's like, I don't know, you know, if this is going to work for me, I see it working for them, but I don't know if it'll work for me. We tell everybody, and this is sort of a, uh, one of those answers, that's sort of a groaner, but still, you know, come to six meetings. If it doesn't work, we have a misery back guarantee. <laughs> right. And, you know, and so, so generous. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get <laughs> right back to you. And, uh, uh, but seriously, if you're coming and you're like, I don't know if this is going to work, what are you doing? Are you coming and just sitting on the back row and then leaving as soon as it's over with, not going to small group? Well, try everything. Try a small group. See how that works after the large group meeting. Don't be the last one there and the first one to leave. Mm. When, you, when you're when you going out tonight and you see somebody with a, a leader's tag on it at, at that Celebrate Recovery, say, hey, do you know someplace I can serve? Oh, whoa! that's a novel idea, right? You're asking me to go to work? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, when you get here, you know, even in, like I said, in secular recovery where I started, they know that service is an integral part of me becoming... getting into and staying in recovery yeah and so yeah ask somebody hey can i serve somewhere here next week you'd be surprised how much that will change your outlook and get into the meeting first of all they're going to probably tell you to come early so you <laughs> won't be able to come late and you probably have to stay over a little bit too yeah. so get ready to serve and just really try to enjoy it i mean
0: your life is not going great now again what do you got to lose yeah what well, it reminds me i've, I've I mean, it may have been you. I don't know. I've, I forget what stories you've told me and what I've heard from others. We've talked so much about this kind of stuff. But, But it reminds me of this guy talking about his sponsor just said, hey, if you've done it this way, try it this way. So if you always put yeah. your left leg in your pants to get dressed, today – start with your right put your left shoe on first instead of your right you know yeah my
1: sponsor told me that too and then he (laughs) said and look if you start shaving on this side of your face start on the other side (laughs) i looked at him and said i haven't shaved in years he said all right forget that one do the pants thing (laughs) then
0: (laughs) (laughs) the Uh, point is try something new right What the way you're doing it isn't working and and yeah give it a shot you know you what do you have to lose you're you're in a place of misery. And the Lord wants to give you a new path. So, Mac, thanks for a great conversation, man. Yeah. With, uh, with great dialogue, and and hopefully it's uh, brought some encouragement. I know, I uh, know, uh, every time you. You share. I'm I'm taking notes in my own heart with what you're saying. So, love you, brother. Appreciate all you do, man. Uh, thanks for having me here today. Yeah. Well, I hope that this has been a blessing for you, and and uh, hopefully it's brought some encouragement to maybe if you're on the fence and you're thinking, man, I don't know if I should go. Keep coming back, and in order to keep coming back, you need to take that first step. And so we pray and we hope that you'll take that first step. Don't face your hurts, hangups, and habits, your relational issues on your own. Join us celebrate. Recovery. Go to CelebrateRecovery.com. You can literally type in your zip code or your city state and find a group near you. It's that easy. Or join us online to check it out on that Wednesday online open share group just to kind of check it out. But don't face this alone. Join us on this road to recovery. We're all fellow strugglers. Hey, thanks for being with us today. We hope that you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless.